Here we go! Hey there, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And you're listening to Church Nerds, a back row morning show. This show is made possible by listeners just like you and a strong partnership between Back Row Radio and Love Thy Nerd. Now, a quick go about us real quick. We have already done one episode just to kind of catch you up in case you missed that one. I am a founding member of Love Thy Nerd with almost eight years experience in nerd culture missions and over a decade as a professional Christian on church staff. Cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually the one with real church cred, having grown up in Awana and also some experience in inner city missions. Also, I homeschool three kids. So enough said. Brag, brag, brag. Well, that's enough about us. Let's put your church cred to the test. We're going to play a little game that I like to call VBS or NES. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, is this title, is it a VBS theme or is it an NES game? NES stands for Nintendo Entertainment System. I don't feel confident at all going into this. Perfect. That's my favorite. Okay. So without further ado, here we go. The first one, Concrete and Cranes. Ooh. These are not going to be easy. NES. Well, you're just going to jump straight into it like that. Yes. Okay, well. That sounds like a terrible VBS theme. Too bad, because it is LifeWay's VBS theme for 2020. No. Concrete oh, and cranes. That's... I kid you not. Okay. Yeah. these I picked the cool. hardest ones that I possibly could, and we got lucky with some of the 2020 themes. So. Okay, so that's <laughs> Anna that's good, Zero. That's because I might have recognized some of the older ones. <laughs> we'll see. Yep. There are so many to choose from. Like, I don't think you fully understand how many people are making VBS themes. Yeah. There's some that I've never even heard, like companies that I've never even heard of. So, all right. Well, that's Anna Zero, game one. There are 10 of these, by the way. Great. So, yeah. <laughs> Am Knights, I going to win something? If you should, uh, You're probably just going to get humiliated, and I'm oh. okay with that. Okay. Knights of the North Castle. NES. If I say NES every Enough, time, you should be. Yeah, you should. Be I have right. to get some right. It's actually a VBS theme by Cokesbury, <laughs> and it's also a 2020 theme. So something to look forward to for those of you that subscribe to Cokesbury. Do you have you ever heard of Cokesbury? Never have. I don't know what that is. Me at neither. All. But the internet assures me that it's a real thing. So well, we're just gonna we're gonna go with that. Okay, next one. Alpha Mission. NES because the first two, <laughs> the first two are VBSs. You're not even trying to play the game. Now You're I'm just so trying to math you, like, like. You're just trying to rock paper scissors yeah. me. Yes. Now we talked about this in last week's last week's show where Anna is very, very, very competitive. So this fun little game that I'm trying to play, she's just. Playing the odds, (laughs) playing the odds, playing the odds. Okay, well, you're right. Alpha Mission is an NES title. Excellent. Okay, Okay. next one. How about Star Tropics? 
Star Tropics. That does sound like a video game. Well, that's the whole point of this, is that they could sound like a video game or a VBS theme. VBS. I'm going against my gut, but my gut is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your gut's really not doing it's not good. so hot right now. Well, you should have listened to your gut. Ah! That is an NES title, and it's actually kind of Come like a here. really hard one to get. That's on a lot of people's Holy Grail games list. Here's a softball. Adventure Island. VBS. That is actually an NES title. You baited me. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the whole point of Adventure this game. Adventure Island. Is that what you said? Adventure Island? Adventure Island. Yeah. Now, you think about that, and obviously that's a VBS theme. It, well, it sounds a lot like, um, like Sunshine Island and all kinds of different I mean, I c cannot even count the number of island-themed VBSs I have participated in. No, and counting. Yeah. And counting. Um, how about this next one? Deep Sea Adventure. <laughs> VBS. VBS? No, you sure? Not. I'm saying VBS, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. That was Standard's 2017 VBS theme. Woo! I got one. You that's got two. one. I okay, have gotten so that's two. Two. We've got four left here. I'm failing this. Okay. They're only going to get equally as hard. But that means they're equally as easy. Uh, so there's something there, right? No. Stop. No. Nothing Just there. ask the question. Galactic Starveyors. It sounds like a terrible VBS and also a terrible video game. It doesn't, game, no, it just sounds like real. a video game. NES. It's actually Lifeway's <laughs> 2017 <laughs> VBS theme. The, I, Galactic Starveyors? Galactic Starveyors. Oh, Lifeway. Lifeway what are you 2017, doing? baby. I am trying not to be mean right now. Here but. you go. This is this is redemption. I would I forgot to mention at the top of, of the show here, but you work in the children's area. I do. You don't just work, yes. like volunteer, but like no, you are professional. Like, I mean, I get like you I get, get paid. paid to do stuff like what I'm trying I don't, to get you to do. I don't here. get paid to do VBS, but I am one of the preschool coordinators, though. Children's ministry, like that's that's like a volunteer position for me, the preschool right. co-coordinator. So I have done a VBS or two in my time. Just wanted people to know your background yes. with all. Okay, cool. All right, moving on. Days of Thunder. Of our lives. Yes. These days, are days of, of thunder. thunder of our lives. Please tell me this is an NES game. I cannot imagine this being VBS. Do you want me to tell you it's an NES game or do you want to guess <laughs> is that it? it's an NES game? This is not you. Days of Thunder? Does not. I'm just really curious if these are VBS themes. Uh -huh. I would be so interested in like reading the curriculum. Would you though? Days of Thunder. Okay, is it NES? You don't ask a is question. It, you make yeah, okay. definitive it, statements. I'm, okay, NES. Final answer. Ding. It is yes, an NES game. <sighs> okay. <laughs> She's so relieved. I, but hey, don't knock it because there are still several more years left before Jesus comes or he's coming this year. I, nobody really knows, to be honest. Aye. Here we go. Big Apple Adventure. Big Apple Adventure. Big Apple Adventure. VBS. 
Final answer? Yeah. Absolutely. That was Group's 2011 okay. VBS theme. Wow. 2011? Yeah. The, the year of our Lord. It's like vintage VBS. 20, 20-aught-11, um, as we say in the streets. All right, last one. How many do you have? I'm not, that was five? I wasn't counting. I think that was five. I got... I don't... I don't even know no which way. ones you got. Couldn't have been five. We'll let I'm the listeners four. decide. There's I nothing... That, I think that was four. You think it was four? Maybe. Okay, we'll say it's four. You've got one left here. This is it. It all rides on this, and then you don't even win. You should have made this an odd number of questions, by the way. It doesn't make any sense that you did an even number. Uh, does it help that they are odd questions? Uh, okay. Uh, no? no. Okay, no. well, I did the best I could with what I had, which was the internet. Okay, last one. The best you can do is break even. Yeah. Okay. Freedom Force. Ooh, VBS. You jumped really hard into that one, and you should have waited because that is an NES title. <laughs> but it just as easily could have been. It could have, have been, been a really cringy VBS. Well, I think that's kind of the theme. That's kind of the whole point. I hope you guys played along with us at home. Um, we we have played this game before on a previous podcast that we did. But I wanted to, to give this to you. We're going to play a game at the top of our show each and every week to give you guys kind of a little bit of an icebreaker to kind of see behind the veil and to get to know us a little bit by playing that game. But Anna, I'm sorry. I, I think you got I Yeah, 40%. less than 50% for sure. I failed. I will not. No, I take that back. I will tell our children's minister. Oh, I'll make her play. You should make her play. I should make her play. Yes. She has only done group for a long time. So when you live inside of that bubble. She probably knows that that 2011 one is a group one. She the big probably apple. does because she yeah. did it 100%. I'll have to probably change that so. one. Well, that'll be her softball. Yeah. Yeah. I gave you one, Galactic Starveyors, and you just. You Botched it real bad. Yeah. Well, hey guys, we are going to be back at the top of the hour with more of Church Nerds. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about what it's like to be not so nerdy and how to love and serve our dirty neighbors when you don't know where to start. All that at the top of the hour on Back Row Radio. back with church nerds and this is a brand new morning show here on the back row that's a part of a really strong partnership between back row radio and love thy nerd and today anna and i are going to be talking about how to love and serve our nerdy neighbors when you don't really know where to start because you're not super duper nerdy yeah. Last week on the show, we talked about the fact that Anna is kind of nerdy by proxy or just by proximity because she tags along with me a lot. And you've picked up a ton as yeah. far as the nerd world goes. You, you're pretty I good at holding to, your own. I try to keep up. But what is it, what's it like living with a nerd and trying to, to love and serve me in that? Well. Without being completely narcissistic here. <sighs> Um, 
it has been a learning curve, I will say. So when we, I mean, I knew you had nerdy tendencies before we were married and, yeah, none taken. you know, early marriage, but I did not realize the depth and the scope and the intensity of the, of your gaming habits and stuff until after we got married. I mean, I did work and met you and we started dating when I was working at an internet cafe where people will come in to pay to play games. Yeah, but if you're being honest with yourself, you did scale it back a lot when we were dating. I did do that. And so and then and then we got married and it was like games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can remember you sitting on Granny's couch and playing um what was it? Oh, it was Mario Kart. Yeah, it had to have been Mario Kart it, Wii. Lots of Mario Kart Wii. Which I was very good at, by the yes, way. Yes, you were. Um, but I was like, how long? Because I didn't. we didn't have video games in my house at all. And so the concept of just sitting on the couch and playing video games for hours on end was not at all on my radar. Like, not at all. And so... Um, you know, in the early years of our marriage, that caused a lot of friction, yeah. especially um, uh, World of Warcraft was a big one. Um, and Call of Duty, specifically zombie Nazis. Oh, mamacita. I love me some zombies. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was a very popular era. Mm -hmm. I mean, most Call of Duty fans are like that. That might have been the peak. I don't no, know. It was so great. Yeah. Um, many hours spent doing those things, many hours late into the night. And um, I really felt like those things had first dibs on your time and your affection. And that was probably a misperception, but it was my perception because I, you know, had a job. I was tired. I wanted to come home and hang out together. And then it was like, you were on, you were look, you know. Oh yeah, looking at the screen, had headphones on or whatever, and talking to other people, and I just I felt lonely, and I felt like I was on the outside, like a video game widow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a unique feeling to me. Um, there are memes and there are message board threads and there's probably facebook groups dedicated to like video game or world of warcraft widows that's what i liked to call them yeah um a lot of times it's women i mean if we could speak generally but that's not a hard and fast rule there no, are absolutely uh, you know men who end up with a nerdy you know a nerdy woman yeah and then might be blindsided or not realize going in you know what it was going to be like and so a lot of the threads and the memes and groups and stuff tend toward toxicity oh yeah um because they're made up of these people who are lonely and are hurting and um they usually see gaming as the problem and like the enemy and um, that's not necessarily true because usually issues 
of lost intimacy or escapism or things like that involve deeper. Oh, yeah. Much deeper, more complex things. But it's really easy to just blame the avenue of escape, um, which, you know, would have been video games. Sure. In our in our instance. And was. Came right. to came to a head with a game called DC Universe Online. Oh that man. I was playing on the mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 at the time, which is a it's an MMORPG. And what that means is a massive multiplayer online role-playing game. That's why we say MMORPG, because that's, that's a mouthful. too long. It's too much. Too many syllables. You basically too play as a superhero. Many syllables. And you level that superhero up. And because it's in a massive multiplayer environment, there is no end to the game. Right. So with a lot of these games, you know, I, I, came, I, I came to accept that when Bubba would bring home a game, um, he would really dive hard into that game. And with most games, it was, you know, two or three days, sometimes a week, long enough for him to beat it. Yeah. And then... He would surface and we could continue life as normal. (laughs) However, with, you know, World of Warcraft, with DC Universe Online, I'm like, it never ends. And so um, we, we really, things blew up um, when that happened. Um, And so I wanted to kind of talk about how that changed for us. Okay. Um, and by the way, I'm not, I am not a counselor at all. Um, no, no degrees or anything. Um, it is important to explore that escapist behavior. And that's really hard um, because you didn't want to talk about it. No. Not at all. Like not you would shut down. But it's important to kind of figure out why does my spouse or my mate feel the need to escape? And what's going on with them? And how is their relationship with Jesus yeah. right now? How much time are they spending in the word? Do they have accountability and healthy relationships within that hobby? Because it's possible that they do. And it's possible that part of what they're getting there is camaraderie. Oh, yeah. Um, because there are really awesome friendships and relationships forged in online communities. Um, I had to ask myself, is it possible that I am contributing to my husband's desire to isolate because I would relentlessly nag, you know, and that was not awesome. That was not great. So when things really started, we we finally hit a big break in, you know, that situation. And it was kind of twofold. So one of the results of our big DC Universe online argument was that you took a big break from took a massive break. I sold the PlayStation at a loss and got rid of the game, stopped playing games altogether, cold turkey, uh, because I'm a bit of an extremist. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I didn't ask for that, but that's what happened. Yeah. I did it somewhat out of spite at the time, (laughs) but it turned out I'm glad you're admitting that. uh, Yeah. It's just you and me here, so I can do that. I did it out of spite, but I, I think that it was really great for our relationship that that happened, like that major, major break happened. I don't, I don't advocate that people quit things cold turkey because it is so jarring, mm-hmm. but just personally with the way that my 
personality is and just how I handle myself and the way that my brain works, the easiest way for me to do something is just to do it. And to be clear, I did not ask for that. And I would no. not advocate anybody asking for that because nah. that would not have been, that wouldn't have been fair. No. Um, that probably wouldn't have been the way to go about that. But you did it. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of gave, I guess, kind of a reset. Um, but I think that the bigger thing that made a difference was that um, Bubba actually started getting involved with a gaming um, ministry organization at that time um, called Game Church. Yep. And they had an online community. And in that online community, I was able to see some examples of some healthy relationships where there were heavy gamers involved and to see how those spouses dealt with it and were supportive and would engage um, in their community and in their hobby. And they were fine and not resentful and that it was possible. And so that was like a big, that was a big game changer. And so it was around that time that I decided to try and learn to play Call of Duty like we had talked about yeah. in the last episode um, so that I could engage with you. And that was a game changer. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. Yeah. So some things that you can do if you are the non-nerdy person, um, really try and check the nagging and the resentment and the, you know underhanded kind of comments and all those kinds of stuff because everybody does yeah by the way like if if something is rubbing you the wrong way that a person you are living with or whatever like you're around a lot if they're doing something you're probably going to be a little bit snarky a little bit naggy whatever i i mean We've all had roommates and all sorts of stuff, mm -hmm. and they all have tendency to really push your buttons, right. even when they're not looking at it. Check the passive yeah. aggression, for sure. Um, try and curb that resentment, because the resentment, like I said, that only reinforces escapist tendencies, sure. because now they're trying to escape from you. Yeah. So, um, Which I always said in the, from the get-go, like I, I don't play games to escape. It's mm -hmm. not really what I do. I play games to have fun. I play games to help other people out, like with purpose and stuff like that. But under high stress situations, everybody just wants to let their mind go, turn on the TV, either watch a movie, you know, play a game, read a book, do whatever mm -hmm. to get away from the things that are really compounding around you in life. So just understand that's a real thing that happens and people are going to cope with it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe for that person in your life happens to be video games. So like Anna said, don't diminish the value in that. Yeah. So I think another thing that's really important is to really take a look at your own expectations. Um, because in our case, definitely there were some, impossible and poorly communicated expectations on yeah. my part um, that were generating some tension in me. So you need to figure out what you expect and then you need to ask yourself, is, am I being fair? And try to have an open and honest discussion with it, if I can be really cliche right now. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think that you're 100% right. And I will say, like as a gamer, from my perspective, 
an unrealistic expectation would be every time person walks in the door, put the controller down, turn to them, acknowledge them, hear the things they have to say, all that stuff immediately. A better managed expectation would be, hey, when you get to a stopping point, I'd like to talk sure. to you. Which or, we have to do that with our kids yeah, too. There's probably nothing wrong with acknowledging the person in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when Caleb, our seven-year-old, is playing games and he's just oblivious to everything that's going on, it's very frustrating. Yep. So I get to see that from, from the other side now. So though I may not always do it, I, I try as best I can to at least acknowledge that I hear you. Hey, I, I'm, I'm coming or I'll be there in just a second. Or can you give me a moment? I'm almost finished with this thing that may seem trivial to the other person, but I have been working for a very long time to beat this stage or do this thing. So if somebody just says, turn off that stupid video game, the stupid video game that I've already spent X number of time getting to this point to do this thing, that is a big deal mm -hmm. to me or, you know, whomever gamer X. So. Yeah. Well, um, you know, some other things you can try are, is try to find a way to participate. So buy a couch co-op video game or find a co-op board game. That was a huge breakthrough Ooh, for us yeah. was uh, co-op board gaming. Um, create some time and space in your calendar and your home for that person to enjoy their hobby um, so that they don't have to take that time yeah. from other areas that don't work out for you and your relationship. Um, and try to find value in your mate's hobby, what is it about it that that, that just connects, you yeah. know, for them? And that means talking about that thing, like everything that we talked about in our last episode. Yep. Um, listening and doing some research on it so that you can have a legitimate conversation and you might be amazed at how far that goes in taking something that has been causing stress and tension and turning it into a bonding experience. Relationships are work, no matter what they are, whether it's father, son, husband, wife, brother, sister, friend, roommate, whatever. It doesn't matter. They are work. And so it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of get where the other person is. And you may never, ever get to where the other person is with that thing that they love and they enjoy. You know, I mean, if, for instance, Anna, you, you, you love to sew and you enjoy I, reading and yeah. all these things that honestly I consider to be pretty boring. But there are times where I will go and just sit next to you while you're sewing, whether, you know, it's the sewing machine's going and I can't hear what I'm doing or whatever. I'll try and do something where we can be in the same space at the same time. That way I'm not trying to pull you away from your hobby. Right. You're not trying to pull me away from mine. We're rubbing shoulders and being together in the same space, you know, not sharing rubbing literal shoulders. Some, that would make been, sewing really hard. There have been times I do put things on your sewing desk that are my nerdy things sometimes. Yes. Or I sometimes will stop you in the middle of things that you're doing to either watch me do something stupid or to help me. We have a very large board game collection, which I talked about. Uh, and last week's show where we have over 200 board games and 
I've mentioned before, and Anna mentions in, in the opener, that she is a seamstress extraordinaire. And so our board games tend to come apart and shift in transit. And so what I've had her do several times is just because I was thinking about it, say, hey, can you make me some some board game bungees that just hold my games together so the lid doesn't come off and the cards don't go everywhere? And I like to think that that kind of brings us closer together. I do complain about it the whole time. 100% of the time. The whole time. But the end result is really good, and it's something that you get to do, your hobby that then feeds into my hobby. To be clear, my hobby is not sewing with elastic, well, but not it's yet. Fine. We got some no. orders we need to fill on these things. I took them and showed them to people, and as shoddy and janky as you think they might be, yeah, there are people that were saying, "Why don't we sell these things with Love Thy Nerd?" Because so the stalk up sweatshop is open for business. That's false. That's false. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll pray about it. We'll let the Lord decide. Um, let's not presume upon His will. Uh, don't look at me like that. We will see. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you do it because I know. But still, like that's one of the things. Is it's it's like it's it's a give and it's a take. You know, you could just as easily say no. That's stupid. Just go buy the things. Which, to be fair, you did say I that. Did say that but you still engaged in my hobby and you know you i did i did make them yeah and i and i made them special so and i appreciated that big time because it showed that you cared about the thing that i cared about because really all it is is it's just a time saver i could put the cards back or the dice back or wherever they need to go you could do that yes but why? I'm glad you're bringing that up right now. But why, if you could do something that would love and serve this nerdy neighbor? Yes. Ta-da. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you have anything else that you might say before we close out this segment here to somebody who has a nerd in their life? Like, what are, what are some other things they might be able to try that maybe you didn't, you didn't mention here? Is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head? No, I think I said all the things that I that I could think of. Just expectation management and and engaging and yeah. you know, and watching your mouth. Okay. Yeah. Well, I love it. I appreciate it. I know that specifically from my perspective, I one hundred percent appreciate you giving of yourself for me and for the nerds that live in this house and the nerds that come into this house and the nerds that benefit from your outlook and perspective on nerds and nerd culture. And I hope that a little bit of what Anna has said here today pours over and spills onto you and you can better love and serve those nerdies that are in your immediate vicinity, whatever that means, whether it's your family or whether it's your friend group or your church or wherever it doesn't really matter but just knowing that the things that they care about are valuable and they mean a whole lot to them even if you don't think there's anything to show for it so yeah yeah. find that reason though that's it find the reason so hey don't go anywhere we're going to be right back again at the top of the hour with more ways to love those nerds in your life right here on back row radio
shift gears a little bit here and I want to talk a little bit from a nerd's perspective on what we can do as nerds to love and serve the non-nerds in our life, which I think is equally as helpful as the non-nerds loving the nerds in their lives. Sure. I think there has to be the give and take. It, yes. it has to be two sides of the same coin. Definitely. Because I cannot expect you just to give and give and give and give and give, although sometimes I do expect you to give and give and give and give and give. Just elastic game box band, Just bands. Well, I'm looking at our shelf that is just over your shoulder. And for those of you that don't know, if, if you are a nerd, a Calyx shelf from Ikea is the nerd shelf of choice. It's a cube organizer. Yes. There's something... Generally speaking. I think that they're different sizes, though. Like, if you were to go to sure. Walmart or Target or wherever and pick up a cube, like Calyx, there's something about it, like... They design boxes to fit on Calyx shelves. They are the organizer holy grail. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm looking at that, and the reason I bring it up is because two-thirds, I say that because half of the shelf and then all on top of the shelf, literally all the way to the ceiling, is board games. And then all the rest of the you know, 50% going down is books. And there was one point where I said, hey, what if we just threw out all of these books or donated them or did whatever because your boy needs room for these games? Right. And you said, over my dead body. Basically, um, I'm paraphrasing, but not by a whole lot. Along those lines. I mean, we've, we have things that are important. You know, we've got obviously Bibles uh, because like I said, we're professional Christians and you got to have multiple Bibles in order to prove it to people when they come by. <laughs> so we have those. We have curriculum for our kids. Yes. We have, we have gotten rid of a lot of stuff. We had we a bunch have. of fiction. We have gotten rid of many books. Things that we just don't. I mean, this, this used to look like a little slice of Bell's library from Beauty and the Beast. And I guess it became Bill's library. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Forgot to preface that. Um, but we used to have a ton of books. And then the books have kind of been overtaken by this virus that is the games. Yeah. And they're starting to snuff it out. But we had to come to a compromise where it was you either have to lose some games or give them away or rehome them or whatever. Right. I'm not giving, there was no or, it's just I'm not going to get rid of my books is kind of what you were saying. all of the books, not even Not even most of the books. I mean, I'm looking at it and a lot of this stuff is, they're, they're two rows deep. Like there are books behind books on our shelf. No, I think I. Oh, did I you fix that? that? Yeah. Oh. But still. May I the mean, Lord bless you and keep you. We got, I've, we've gotten rid of a lot, but. Yeah. So, but I think that there does need to be a give and take here. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about things that we as nerds can do in order to kind of create some of that space for the non-nerds in our life. Physical space? Uh, I think it might create can physical get rid of space. Some games? I'm not willing to commit oh, to anything okay. just Never yet. Mind. Yeah. The first thing that I think that, that we as nerds can do is create healthy boundaries. And that's going to look a thousand different ways to a thousand different people. 
But the crux of it is that you want to not dive into things that are going to engulf all of your time. We talked earlier about the MMORPGs, those massive mm-hmm. multiplayer online role-playing games that have no end. And they do no, make those in board game form. So just kind of <laughs> know that. There are games out there that literally will take you eight or more hours to complete a single playthrough yeah. of a multiplayer campaign. What, that one Matt plays all the time. Well, Matt doesn't play it, but Chris plays it, and you're thinking of Twilight Imperium. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. We, you know, if you ever hear us talk about TI, it's Twilight Imperium, and that game is a beast, and people love it. It's notorious, yeah. Uh, yeah. I refuse to play that game just because it bores the freaking <laughs> snot out of me, but that is a game that you wouldn't pull out all the time on the regs and play at your house because... That's an entire work day just gone yeah. playing games. Mm-hmm. And that frequency may also look to you like the only day you have off. Right. So just create some healthy boundaries and some space for other things to happen and for other people to come in to your gaming experience. In doing so, you're going to be making time for other people and other things. So what I've found is that when I do this, it allows for you and I to have a more open schedule. Uh, Now, honestly, we'll, we'll go back real quick to what Anna was talking about earlier. The tendencies that I have that when I get a brand new game, I kind of want to pour into it. I'm a lot better about it now, but... What we don't do is if we know that there's going to be a new game coming out that either I have to cover for my job at Love Thy Nerd or it's just a game that I'm excited about, we don't schedule things on those days for release days and stuff like that, which is really good. That's Well, when we're communicating well. There's another one, right? Yeah. So like when we are got things on the calendar, I'm letting you know, you know, kind of what's going on, what mm-hmm. I have coming up. But Pokemon, when it came out, I just told you, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do anything. Because a lot of times you'll ask me, hey, what do you want to do today? You've got a day off. You're not doing anything. What do you want to do? Nine times out of ten, the answer is nothing. I don't want to do anything. Right. I, I am a homebody to the max. I don't have to be sitting and playing video games because more often than not now, like these days, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I play so many games and it's part of my job and it's what I do for a living now that when your hobby becomes your job like things yeah tend to change a little Mm -hmm. bit it's true but it used to be that I would just sit and play and play and play and so now we've kind of gotten into this rhythm of okay he's gonna play for a little while we'll let it go but there are still things that need to get done around the house and I feel like in making time for those things especially with a system like the Nintendo Switch that literally lets you put things down whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, with most of the games, you can still get games like DC Universe Online on that console. And if you're in the middle of something, then you can't really do it. But with most of these games, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild or Pokemon Sword and Shield or really any other game that you're playing these these deep experiences, these rich experiences on, you can literally just put it in sleep mode, Mm -hmm. and when you pick it up, you're right back at it. Like in the exact moment that you left off, 
because of the nature of the way the system works. Yeah. With PlayStation and Xbox, that's not always the case. But with the Nintendo Switch, it is. And we'll get back to that here in just a second. But really just being ready to put the controller down um, and also not starting a game in the middle of the day that might push you away from those that are in your house or your immediate vicinity on a regular basis, like I was talking about with TI or really anything. Like if I get a new game, a new board game, a lot of times I wait until the evening. Or sometimes even for a couple of days to start it. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure takes some self-control, but until you actually have the time that will be satisfactory to you to like really just dive deep into it that's not going to be you know for lack of a better word selfish like oh yeah i think that's the perfect word because that's what it's all about is i want to do this thing now i might take out the like if it's a board game i might take it out you know open the cards ask me to sew a few rubber absolutely print out some extra things because nothing's ever enough for me. Right. You know, yeah. I, I may bring even the kids in and help me punch out the game because they all come in little cardboard, you know, ready to punch out pieces. And that's something that I can do with my kids and with my wife and my family. But what I'm not going to do is say, okay, hey, everybody go away from daddy. I got to learn these rules or um, I need everybody to come together and I'm going to force you to play with me. Like I tried to do both of those things before and none of it works. So what I found is wait until there is time to do that. Create space and try and do things that my kids want to do or try and do things that you want to do. I have personally tried to be more around the house, helping out more in the kitchen, doing the dishes or whatever, because even though it's not something that I really want to do because I don't. I want you to want You want me to want to do to. the dishes. Yeah, absolutely. I know that it's something that you do want me to do. And I know that that's a way that I can show you that I love you more than a video game or a board game or a comic or a series on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever it is. Um, we've been watching The Mandalorian in our house. And even just this morning... I told Anna, I was like, I will get out of bed when I've watched The Mandalorian, the, the season, uh, season finale, and then I'll get up and get going. And you told me, you said, well, you know, your kids are going to want to watch that with you. And I thought to myself, and I probably even said it out loud, I don't want to do that. I just want to, can I just watch this? But then it was like, you know what? Call the kids in. We'll watch The Mandalorian. If I, got, if I have to watch it again later, Big deal. Like, my kids are going to love that. That was a great idea. Obviously not You're one. You're welcome. Obviously not one I would have came up with <laughs> because of my selfish, narcissistic self. But really, what that is, is that's, that's finding a way to include people in your hobby. And, you know, it's watching The Mandalorian. And my kids are asking me 5,000 different questions during the show. It's because they're my children. They are your children. That's yeah. for sure. You asking questions during a TV show or a movie is kind of your superpower. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's my kryptonite. <laughs> we were watching Star Wars. I had 
so many things to say, I and know. I didn't even say all of them. We were watching episode nine, Rise of Skywalker, in the theater, and I've got my loud kids on one side and my wife on the other side, and trying to shush my kids over here and try to quietly talk to my wife because I've tried for 10 plus years now to, to, to not talk squelch during movies. that. I just can't. You can't. I just had like lots of dad jokes. You did. And like lots of snarky things to say. And I was, I mean, you can't say those things later or they don't make sense. They don't hit at the same. Yeah, that's, that's true. And honestly, like that for me, it should make me smile. It should bring me joy. Now, obviously, in the moment, I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to watch this TV movie show, whatever it is. But like I have said, because of the way that we have had our relationship go from start to present, like your changes have changed, your tastes rather have changed over time. We watch a lot of The Office. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners watch The Office as well because you're red blood American, aren't if you? If they don't, they should. Absolutely. Go watch The Office. We'll, we'll wait. You go watch The Office right now. But we have started to watch The Office, and that is a thing that you would not have done probably otherwise. No. Mm-mm. Had we not, I don't want to say had we not got together, but had my nerdy tendencies and sense of humor and all sorts of stuff rubbed off on you mm-hmm. because that was just not who you were no. when I met you. Right. Yes. So I think that there is a little bit of, of give and take when you find a way to invite somebody into your hobby or your fandom or whatever that thing is that you care about. And as nerds, one of the ways that we can do it um, is by simply maybe getting a party game or something that you wouldn't necessarily buy for yourself that is themed in a way that somebody else would like it. Right. Case in point, there's a game out there called Patchwork. And knowing that my wife loves textiles and works with sewing machines. Thank you for using that word. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I would not have known that otherwise. I would have said fabric-y things. Even that is pretty good. Yeah. Just don't call it material. I cannot make any promises that it would not have done that. Is it non-material? It is a material, but like everything is a material. Absolutely. Fabric is a very specific material as opposed to steel or sheetrock or something. I don't know. Not better or worse, just different. Yes. Yeah. That's also an office reference. Just go watch the show. It's a whole thing. You'll enjoy it. But I bought this game because I was like, oh, I saw it at a convention. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Anna will definitely play this game with me. It'll be easy, no brainer. Almost regardless of what the, what the actual gameplay was like, the theme alone would con you into sitting down and playing this game with me. Sure. That's true. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert, it worked. Also, though, um, you got Fugitive specifically to play with me. And that I went over like a did. lead balloon because that was a specific two-player game that i was hoping to be able to play with you you were not having it you're it was, still not having it you don't like that game i i need we to, need to try getaway go. driver i've got i've got that somewhere but it's mostly different. i was just really angry the whole time yeah just mad but you got you got over it. it's fine like you it's our, our relationship it was very sta- tense. still stands yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an, we should talk about best and worst two player games to Ooh, play yeah, at some a, point. That would be a good idea. Yeah, write it idea. down, put it on the imaginary whiteboard. <laughs> but I think that if you find different ways to really bring people in with themes, and guys, there are, there's a game out there for everybody. If you think all there is is Monopoly and Scrabble, then yeah, obviously you couldn't see why anybody would want to play a board game. But if you have something that you love and enjoy, there's a board game out there that is themed yeah. around that thing. Yes. I cannot guarantee it's a good game. Yeah. But I can guarantee that it's out there. Well, but I think too that, you know, from my perspective, it make it feels like a big deal because again, when we're talking about being, you know, feeling isolated, feeling alone, feeling um, kind of neglected or like you're not seen in your own space. Um, for you to say, well, I want to play with you. Yeah. You know, that is, maybe it's not the way it may, I want to spend my time, but this it is, is the way. The, okay, I'm being acknowledged, you know, I'm being valued because you want to play with me. Yeah. You could play with, you know, a thousand other people online or whatever, but so I mean that that goes a long way, I think, for me, it did. A lot of times I find myself, even though I am on the nerdy side, I find myself getting games that like me personally purchasing the games just because I think other people would would want to play it. Whether I play it with them or not, or maybe it is gonna be a good end for me to do that. It seeks to benefit me in the relationship aspect. I don't necessarily think this game is going to change my life or it's going to you know, open my brain to a new way of thinking or anything like that. It's strictly for the relationship building aspect that even though I don't think I would have a fun time playing that game, I think they would have a fun time playing that game. So that's, that's my sacrifice. Yeah. And... It may sound stupid and trivial, but I promise you that sometimes that is a sacrifice. No, I believe you. I believe you. I mean, you're pretty giving when you... Bubba, by the way, everyone, he almost always loses when he That's plays games accurate. with you. Yeah. And it's not like he's trying to lose, but he's also would rather you have a good time playing that game than to spend all his time grinding you into a fine powder yeah. and then you hate that game. So um, I am not that way. No, you're not. Our relationship works better when you win. Yes. And I Absolutely. lose. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're kind of rude when you win too. You're kind I of braggy. I feel like sometimes I have to be. No, you, no. No? No. But all that to say, you're pretty intentional about the way that you engage in games. And, you know, moves you will or won't make and, you know, starting off without an advantage and, you know, a lot of different things. So you, you play pretty sacrificially, I would say. I like to help people have fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, let's say, for instance, somebody makes a stupid bonehead decision in a game. I try not to table captain, which nope. is... card laid, card played. Sorry, uh, you don't, uh, you need to take that back and you need to make this move. 
I'll say things like, that's probably not the most advantageous move for you to make. You'll have a better move, a better turn if you do X, Y, and Z. You don't have to. Do whatever you want. Or if somebody does play a card down and I'm like, well, you shouldn't do that because you can't get the full effect of the combo that you're trying to go for. And well, can I pick it? Can I pick it back up? Yes, absolutely. You can. I like to tell people all the time, we're not playing for money because nine times out of 10, we're not playing for money. I say nine times, 10 times out of 10, we're not playing for money. I'm not big in the competitive scene, but I know people that are. And when I am playing with people who are competitive, then it's different. You're a different story wife, um, because you're always playing competitively if we're playing against each other. But I'm not going to yeah. play competitively hardcore against you. There are people in my life that I do play competitively hardcore against because a win matters in some cases. But in the case of people who wouldn't normally play games with you, don't push the rules. I always, always, always interpret the rules in my favor if there's ever a question uh, yeah you do and i try to interpret them in the favor of other people as well i like to say if you think you can do it just do it and if we get to the end of the game and you were cheating the whole time i don't care no i'm flipping tables well i mean obviously i'll flip the table <laughs> like that's that's a given but i want people to have the most fun that they can possibly have I have been known, and you guys, if you're in, ever in close proximity to me and we play a game together, you might see me make a spectacle of something in the game because I think that one of the biggest parts about playing a game with somebody is the experience you have while you play the game. You can play a really crappy game, but play it with somebody who's having a blast and making fun of themselves or making a big deal out of, you know, positively, a big deal out of things that are not a big deal. And you will like that game more. Now you could also go and play that same game with another group of people and it falls flat and you hate that game. But I try to make it an experience when playing games with people. I try not to make it a negative experience. But I do have some stories about where that has completely gone off the rails. Um, I have three words for you. Once upon a time. And... <laughs> That is possibly a story that you will never hear on this podcast because it involves some people. But um, there have been not so good game experiences, but you can find a game that people want to play with you just simply based on theme. And the same thing goes with, with video games. I, I will say this. Get a Switch. Buy a Nintendo Switch and put it in your house. And you're saying, oh, that's 200 you know. $300. $300. Well, it depends on if you get on, you know, Facebook Marketplace or wherever. Just do it. Save up for it. Do it. And do it. The Nintendo Switch has a ton of both indie and third-party and first-party multiplayer games that are couch co-op or couch competitive or wherever where you're bringing people together physically in the same space and playing a game together. And that is the whole reason that I play games. I'm a communal gamer at heart. Like I want to play with other people. Even the single player games I play, 
I want to talk about with other people. So I have 40,000 podcasts and we're doing this morning show and all sorts of stuff because I love to share the experiences that I have with other people. I practically forced you to play Pokemon. No, no, you didn't. Well, I'm going to continue to believe that I did. Okay, well, no, I just saw you playing it and it looked kind of fun. So I because of how I made it look, right? No. No. Okay, well, I tried. I tried to make it look real fun. <laughs> no, but yeah, I put Stardew Valley down for Pokemon, which That's true. was a big deal. So It's a huge deal. We will circle back around to that in a future show. I <laughs> promise you that. I promise you that, that we will. But find a way to, to play games together with people in the Nintendo Switch, though a high price point is well worth your doll hairs. Like that is something I believe should live in every house in America um, and really across the world, if can. Most houses have more than one in them because of the Switch Lite and the lower price point there. But it allows you to play multiple people on the same console and play stupid games. I could give you a whole list of things we were playing. Uh, we were playing on the Xbox, but this does exist on on the Nintendo Switch. We were playing Overcooked together, and I uh-huh. don't understand why you like that game. I'm trying to wrap <laughs> my head around it. It's a game that's designed to drive you absolutely bonkers, but you like that. I it just was challenging, and I just wanted to. You wanted me I to play to with you. I wanted to make all the burgers, but I can never get past the soup one. This was this is hard. This was the backwards part of our relationship where you wanted me to play a game with you. Yes. And you had to convince me to play that game. And because, you did it like twice well, just to I, we, like appease me. Bro, we played that game for like an hour and a half one night. One night and one other night and then never again. That's a long time to play Overcooked. <laughs> and most of that was on one level. Because you and I are both like, we got to get all three stars before we move forward. Right. Yes. Anyway, you can find a game. your brilliant mind or strategy. I, here's the deal. I cannot explain strategy while I'm executing strategy. We've got to talk about that mess beforehand and Overcooked (laughs) is the wrong, wrong time. If your marriage is in trouble, do not play Overcooked with your spouse. That's all I'm going to say. That's legit. Do not. It is reverse couples Play counseling. Mario Party instead, oh, yeah. which was what we played when, before we were dating, when we Look were actually like n- n- talking or I don't know what you called that stage of our relationship, but we yep. played, we played, we built a relationship um, by playing Mario Party for a Absolutely while. Absolutely we did. Yeah. So those are just a couple of things that we came up with from two different sides of the same coin, from the perspective of a non-nerd, how to love a nerd in your life. And also from a nerd's perspective, I kind of gave you a couple of ideas of how to love non-nerds in your life. And it doesn't always mean just make them play games with you. You got to do things that they want to do too, which means going outside, get some of that sweet, sweet vitamin D. Um, So... Well, you know what? We're going to be right back uh, with our nerdy recommendation of the week. So please stay tuned right here to Back Row Radio. Tiger uppercut! 
close out this week's show, we want to take some time and every week going forward, we're going to give you a nerdy recommendation. Today, it happens to be a game. Next week, it might be a TV show or a movie or a comic book or a book. That's for those of you guys who don't know what a book is. It's like an iPad with pages and I'll be, oh, isn't pages an app on an iPad? Look, I don't have time to explain all of these things to you. Just go watch a movie. It's easier if you just do that. But we're going to talk about a game, and I just got this game in today. Today's the day we're recording the podcast, and it doesn't matter to you, but I just, I just received this game, and the game is called Drop Mix. And what you're doing is you have this Bluetooth panel in front of you that interfaces with your iPad or your phone, and you play cards down onto what basically is the console. And it reads the different cards that have RF chips in them. And then it puts sick fat beats into, into your iPad. And it's awesome. I feel like a DJ. I think there, is, there are apps for that. Like I, actual it is an app. DJs. You know. This is so much better. Like I've done GarageBand and I've done some of those, uh, what was it? Um, something mule. Yeah. I forget what it was, but I've, I've done some of those before. I really, really, really enjoy doing it this way where the game comes with 60 cards and there are different drum beats. There are different bass lines, guitar riffs, all sorts of stuff. If you like pop culture music, it samples those different things from, you know, be it Ricky Martin or, you know, Celine Dion or, you know, Jay-Z or whatever, like popular artists. I put Celine Dion in popular artists. Um, yes. 1992 called. They want their popular artist back. Kenny G and Celine Dion are Kenny still G. amazing. So. Well, we're talking like Flo Rida and stuff like that. I don't even know if he's still popular anymore. It doesn't matter. It takes people that you know about Lady Gaga. That's a thing. Well, okay, so since it's a game, though, it it gives you some structure with how to make your song or whatever, Sick right? beats, yes. Because that, you know, when I think about doing, like, DJ stuff, I feel like I wouldn't even know where to start. So this game would give you... Yeah, it gives you starting point. It gives you structure, so you can play it in freestyle mode, which is it's probably the one that you're gonna play first. That's almost no rules. You just take the cards, you lay them down, and it starts to build the track as you go. And it's on a loop. You can set the beats per minute to be as fast or slow as you want it to. You can change the key, and all it does is the card is telling it's telling the program, "Hey, add this into the track." And then it does all the adjusting for you. I'm pretty sure we already had this game, though, before you got it in. It comes with little tiny oh, instruments, God. and you put them on it's on a little stage, and it plays songs much, for you. It's very much like that. But, like, for big kids? But fun. Oh, okay. The coolest thing about it is that as it's going along, you can take cards off and replace them with other cards, or just stack another card on top of that, and it just almost seamlessly rolls into the next thing whenever the next measure comes along. And that to me is so freaking cool because at that point you are a legit DJ. Like 
I don't recommend doing this because this is about the nerdiest thing that I've thought about. I could take that and DJ like a wedding or something like that just with this because I can even mix in vocals. Like it has vocal cards where I can change. Does it have Celine Dion? I'm sure that there is a pack out there. So Harmonix is the company that makes this and it's published by Hasbro. And Harmonix is also, these are the same people that made like Tar Hero and you know, some of those games. You yes, know, please. DJ Hero, oh. all oh. that stuff. But anyway, they, they know how to do music games and it's you can play it as not a game. Like you're just making tracks. I played for two hours today yeah you did you closed the door several times i did do that yes the best part about this is it was like 35 dollars from walmart ordered on online i don't know why it's not a game that i'd heard a bunch about but i had heard it and seen it at conventions but it hasn't caught fire this game should catch fire i i've already told myself and Anna's not going to be surprised at the words that are coming out of my mouth, but I can't wait to get more cards oh my gosh. for this game. Because base games are never enough for me. Ugh, always the expansions. Never. Always need more. But I'm thinking, like, this could be songs for podcasts. This could be background tracks and all sorts of things for all of the things that I will do in the future from this stupid little game that I'm just laying cards down. It could be as simple or as complex as I want it to be. Oh, I love it so much. Well, we shall see. It's very new and you really love new I things. I like new things. Yeah, so anyway. So that's Drop Mix by Hasbro and Harmonix. And I would say if you can, go to walmart.com, Drop Mix, D-R-O-P-M-I-X, all one word, and see if you can still get it for 35 bucks. It took longer than it should have to ship to me, but pfft, eh, who cares? Soup's totes worth, in my opinion. But uh, Anna, where where can they find us and find out about LTN on the interwebs? Well, uh, you can go to lovethynerd.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Insta. All the things. Also Discord. If you are a Discord person, I am not. You are not. But some people are. You've got it in you. We also have, uh, Love Thy Nerd has some other um, podcasts and things, so you should check them out. Yeah, you can find all that, like she said, at lovethynerd.com. And if you need any help, you can just email me, bubba at lovethynerd.com, for more information or how to get involved with us. We also do mission trips. We do legitimate mission trips to conventions where we go and love our ser- love and serve our nerdy neighbors in their environment. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. We're about to do one here coming up pretty soon. PAX South in January here in San Antonio. I'm in Texas. We're both of us. We're sitting across the table with each other. We're in Texas. And we've got stuff all over the all over the nation that we're going to. If you want to find out more about that, I would invite you to go to lovethynerd.com slash outreach. Or while you're at Love Thy Nerd, just go ahead and at the top, click on the outreach button and you can find all the trips that we are going to be at. If you do go and find us on social media, it's just at Love Thy Nerd on all of those platforms. 
And I personally would enjoy it if you came and hung out with us in our Facebook community. Simply search Love Thy Nerd Community on Facebook and answer one question. What's up, nerd? When we see that you've done that, we know you're not a robot. We'll let you straight in and you can partake in all the memes and ranking Star Wars movies because that's the thing that people are doing right now. Lord help us all. Um, But we want you to come and be a part of the stuff that we are doing. That's not just right here with church nerds as a part of the back row morning shows. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us this morning. And uh, I hope you come back next week for another, what I hope to be exciting episode of church nerds right here on the back row morning show. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. Be sure to tune in to Back Row Radio every Friday for a fresh episode of Church Nerds. And remember, if no one else tells you this, I promise you that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.